How do you scale a business to seven figures? Then how do you scale to eight figures? Then how do you scale to nine figures? If you've ever wanted to know what it takes to grow a business, then you're in the right place. Thanks for tuning in to Scaling with Samir. This show is intended to celebrate and highlight techniques and strategies taught by today's leaders in the business world. Want to know how an e-commerce business started in someone's home to being the world's largest sock store? Want to learn what it takes to become the CEO of one of the largest global online marketplaces? How about actionable steps to building stronger relationships with your customers to produce more revenue? Do you know which numbers you should be paying attention to and which numbers will lead you to success? How will you make your marketing campaigns successful after cookies are gone? Want to learn from the leaders in brand building and attention grabbing marketing? Well, all of those are already in our previous listed episodes, and this episode will be no exception. I interview the top marketers that are influencing the market, making an impact, scaling faster than their competitors, and doing good for the world. We will dissect what they did to get to the multi-million dollar mark. I'm your host, Samir Al-Kamuni, founder and CEO of Fetch and Funnel, which is a performance marketing agency specializing in scaling businesses. Sign up to receive tactics to apply directly to your business to improve results and scale at fetchfunnel.com podcast. At the end of each episode, my goal is to have you feeling inspired and fired up by learning from today's top innovators, marketers, and entrepreneurs. Let's dig into another amazing story about a unique business crushing it and learn from their success and learnings. Hey everybody, welcome back to an exciting episode. I'm pumped to be featuring one of my friends, Giorgio Batsanellis who is the director and co-owner of a very unique brand. And the approach that they've taken to not only building the brand, uh, building a business, but also building a community is really unique. And as unique as the brand it is, uh, even its name, Fit as Fuck, uh, super excited to talk with Giorgio. Giorgio, thanks for joining the podcast. Thanks for having me on, man. Appreciate it. We'd we'll love to have you just kick off and, and tell the listeners just about the brand and, and about you and how things got started. Yeah, perfect. So about me, I started in the fitness industry when I was about 17, um, moved on to PT probably about 18, 19, and I'm, I'm 34 today, so well over 15 years. Um, I've enjoyed pretty much every little bit of it. And I guess my whole passion and purpose revolves around fitness and getting people into fitness. So as as I've progressed in, in my career, I've gone on to teaching PTs and then going more into that leadership kind of role until 2015 when we founded, my business partner and I founded FitAs, um, which was pretty much off the back of, again, my wife now, um, her wanting to go through a transformation period and and you know having something available for her to do at home without having to go to a gym or or needing endless amount of time um so we developed a a 28 day pdf and started selling that in 2015 and it just went yeah it went gangbusters and we're like wow um not only uh, you know are we contributing to the world and helping people and especially women get active but we're also building this amazing community and, you know, our nine to five has significantly changed. So we're, we're living like a, a different level of purpose, but also having a lot of fun with it too, because it, it was different at that point, rather than waking up at four o'clock, like a typical PT, um, you know, we'll, we'll live in a pretty good lifestyle straight from the word go. 
today. Uh, we've, we've then progressed on from there and today we have a, a fitness app and a gym. So I guess the gym is more more so to you know have that hands-on approach with people and, and understand fitness at its core value. And then you know, our online platform is where we, we do everything at scale from our learnings essentially. So that's done through the app. And I feel like you guys have done a very, I guess, a unique job of, of transitioning things and transitioning through the years. You've done, you know, you've launched, you've launched products, you've launched very unique apps, you've, you know, you, you've done really cool things. I think in in you know even highlighting your end user and your end customers. I'm curious as you've grown the business over the years and made some of those pivots like what did some of those pivots look like and like you know what what made you come up with products and and how did that go and and you know as things have transitioned yeah like what you know is it what what made you make those transitions yeah so firstly not every pivot that we've that we've done has been a success so we've learned uh the hard way a few times um and you know you always hear in business everybody's like oh you got to be prepared to fail personally i'm not like the biggest fan in failing like i i don't like it like it doesn't feel good <laughs> um i love the learning i love it in hindsight but at the time it's 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 definitely not for me um so i probably take a little bit more of a conservative role right now and that's one of my biggest learnings it's like uh understand where you want to get to but then make sure before you, you do start evolving that you're not cannibalizing what's working. And that's probably where I'm, I'm also coming from, where we've pivoted or, or changed, um, gone in a different product direction, uh, a different brand direction, where we haven't really looked after what's been working well. So a, a prime example of that was back in 2018, we wanted to you know, get into the app store, we wanted to launch SAP, we had this vision of being you know, within the top 10 apps featured on the app store. Uh, in the health and fitness category um, and we're so concentrated on that and that really involved more people to get on the app but what we did was we said to everybody who was purchasing our pdfs which was the core part of our business hey come on now and instead of purchasing a, a 220 dollars product that you purchased pdf and equipment come and now purchase a 1995 monthly subscription average lifespan being what three months at that point um and you don't get any revenue for for 30 days with apple as well so they 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 hold your revenue i'm not sure if that's still the case but it was at the point at that time um come on and and do that and all of a sudden you know our biggest biggest period of the year which was january turned into our lowest month ever recorded so you know we've we've done things like that many times um and and learned from them yes but also hurt for a period of time that took about four months to recover from that one But then you've, but you definitely have done a good job. I, I like what you're saying of thinking about complementary products, right? And complementary mm -hmm. services. I mean, coming out with the activewear, for example, I feel like it's just been an, a great way for you to celebrate people wearing your clothes, but also the transformations that they've made. And then you're continue to come out with complimentary products. You know, here's the fitness, the only fitness equipment you need to, to complement our app. And, and yeah. here's the protein powder or the collagen that you don't need to worry about figuring out what's perfect for you based off of, you know, where you are in your transition period. 
as you've thought through the, you know, it's, is it, yeah, I mean, it, it, I guess as you've been doing that, has it been about, Hey, I just want this revenue driving complimentary upsell or is it, you know, or has it also been thinking about, you know, some of that community engagement, like I just mentioned with like, Hey, it's going to be great for the brand. If we get a bunch of photos of people wearing this active wear or, you know, a combination of both. What does that look like? Yeah, I think we always want to like, we always want to consider the end user as like the pinnacle. So every single person that comes into the, the Fidaz family is, is special, is unique. And, you know, we want to understand them to their, like to our full ability. So from there, it builds a stronger community. Like I, I was mentioning before, community is like this, this, this buzzword right now. And everyone's like, come and join our community and do this. A community doesn't just get built off vibe though. So vibe is, 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 is great and it's massive. And it, especially in the gym scenes, you know, you'll walk into a mad vibe in class and you'll be like, this is awesome. Um, and you'll probably sign up on the day, but within two to three weeks that, that whistles down. So everything we do, we want to build it off its product. And then the, the pivots that have been successful are the ones that are generally complementing, as you just said, then complementing what we have. So for example, where we are today, we've got this app that also you're able to purchase it with all the equipment you need. So then you don't have to go out and looking for it and creating more uncertainty around something that's already uncertain. Uh, you then go into a Facebook group where you're nurtured and looked after and, and you feel a part of that community. You then are able to get your protein where you want it. And then we have active wear. We're actually relaunching the active wear uh, later this year. Um, and, and, and it's not necessarily around like big, bold branding anymore. Like we used to, it's more around like, Hey, what will you actually wear? You know, like, what are you going to wear every single day and what's achievable? We've, we've even reduced the price and reduced the, 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 the profit margin in it just because we want to have that complete ecosystem of somebody signing up for, for transform and being able to take every part of that avenue without having to go anywhere else. Uh, and we're seeing massive success in that because that person now becomes uh, a brand ambassador without knowing that they're even a brand ambassador and they're influencing other people. And as, as I think we mentioned it before slightly as well, before we started this podcast, the increasing cost in things like Facebook and advertising in general, digital advertising, you really want to tap back into that referral program and go, hey, how do you feel doing transform and you know like organically who are you sharing that process with yeah and 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 that's so important i mean i think it's something that a lot of businesses forget about and how important it is and and it's kind of like one of those things that i don't really care what industry or what product you sell you have to you have to make it shareable. You have to mm. help your customers figure out how to do that. You have to, right? Because if you don't have word of mouth, like you're just, it's just hard, right? It, it's just, you, that's what you need. Yes. You know, it's, it's what you get when you, when you, as you grow and it's, and it's so important, but with your brand, I feel like it's a really, it's primed even more so for that. And you've positioned it really well to do that. But then on the other hand, it's probably something too where um, having, yeah, like having the transformations and having those types of, of, of you know, even the way you're wording it and things yeah. like that, it probably even helps 
like moms get their best friends who may or you know may be pregnant too or or may have been pregnant or in a different you know level of transformation but like you know accountability buddies and 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 things like that um and you know I'm I'm curious yeah like as you've you know how have you purposefully leveraged that I guess to really make sure that you're promoting those things and 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 pushing it and and then mm-hmm you know, even celebrating, I guess, those, those people as well. Yeah, re- really good question. So I get, you, you pretty much answered it with two of those things. One is celebrating those people um, because they get to celebrate themselves too. Like, you know, we're constantly, one, one of our hashtags is empowered by you. Another one is empowered by nutrition, empowered by, um, em- empowered by uh, training, right? So when you, when you combine them all together, you're really trying to empower yourself. And if we can encourage you to empower yourself, then more than likely you're going to start empowering other people and, and the closest people around you. And if you found this solution to the problem that somebody else is probably experiencing, it's second nature that you want to share that with them and take them on that journey too. So that's, that's one of the major things that we're really tapping into right now. It's like we put a lot of emphasis on our post sales rather than just the acquisition side of things so it's like okay yeah we need to hit the cpp for um our, our transform bundle without equipment and this different cpp for the our transform bundle with equipment but what does that look like post you know what how, how do we look after and how do we nurture that customer um and how do we celebrate that customer too and and, and make them feel inclusive but at the same time exclusive do you know what I mean? Like that, yeah. that's probably the biggest ba- um, balancing acts, inclusivity and exclusivity. So like making making them feel like, you know, they're a part of something and that they that they don't want to be on the outer of being a part of something, but then, you know, inviting everybody to come in too um, is, is another kind of little hurdle that we've got, but I think we're doing a pretty good job of. Um, but yeah, majority of, our, majority of our stuff gets done on in our Facebook group. So... You know, f- having Instagram and 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 strong Facebook games is obviously a big aspect of of a business. But ours is that post sale uh, where we're really building that community and doubling down on that. We we interact with the community as well. So a lot of these Facebook groups just jump in it and they're client to client or or, or member to member essentially, um, purchase to purchaser, talking amongst themselves. Whereas they know that there's a team of professionals there's about 10 11 of us um in there that they can either tag us directly or just post a question and if that person doesn't see it that's in charge of that that area so for example if our dietitian doesn't see it a question that's based on 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 nutrition someone else in our team will tag dietitian so they so she 100 percent sees it so yeah so essentially it's really something. interesting because yeah, but it, like it's but it, it it's so interesting because it, you didn't have to do that, right? You didn't have to bring in those people. Like you could have just had a community of people just talking about working out, sharing mm. working out, you know, and their success and things like that. Like what what made you go that extra mile and what made you go that extra step and do you do you attest that to part of continuously building your community or, or, or I guess not even building it, but making it stronger, I guess. Stronger, yeah. And, and I think it's a progression in business too. And then your self-worth at the same time. So I'll try and articulate that 
we used to be conch like real acquisition focus. So it was cold audiences and then warm audiences, and that's as far as it got. So it's like, how many people can we sell our program to? Um, we didn't have the team as well, like back when we first started. So we didn't have the the budgets in place to be able to take on more more staff to be able to create that that nurture series. Um, whereas when we did do it, we we're like. We actually went soul searching a year and a half ago, 2021 J July. I remember it like the, it was the 4th of July when, when we launched this new app. Uh, the app was nowhere near sound. Like there were so many problems with it. But what we had was killer IP. So we had this program, we had this nutrition aspect, and we had a team that we knew could literally fuel these women, support these women, empower them to get to where they want to go. So we, we in the backs of our heads, were like, hey, our program, our program's amazing, our IT's not, um, our IP is, let's, let's get this out and then let's do it the best possible job to nurture these, these women to then get the results and that, that continued to snowball. So looking back, we've, we've gone down that, you know, we, we went down that phase where we're like acquisition focus, we turned from fitness professionals into marketers and then just before that July period, we're like, hey, is this making us happy? Me and my business partner, we quickly realized like what actually makes us happy as individuals. And I know this has a bit of a, a, a wank factor, if you like, you know, everyone's like, oh, do what makes you happy, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and majority it's important. Of the time, it's important. It, it really, it really is. Because if you, if you have like, if you have purpose in what you're doing and you can see how that affects, like if you want to selfishly look at it, how does helping somebody else affect you, you know, like, if, if, I, if, if I looked at it just that way, I'd be like, hey, I'm a happier person because I'm helping people. I'm doing, I'm doing like what I set out to do. When you're, when you're 17, 18 and you go in the fitness industry, you don't really care about money that much. You're caring more about helping people. When you hit 19, 20 and your bills start increasing, you start to care about money and you care a little bit less about helping people. And then when you're like mid-20s, you're like, how do I become this entrepreneur that's super successful? And then... As time got on, you know, we're like, hey, we're we're probably we've lost it a little bit, you know, we've lost it. We we've and and it started to show in the business too. And then we're like, let's retract, let's 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 strip things back and let's go into a place where we're like, what makes us happy? So we started like treating everyone as individuals, and then we built 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 slowly, built slowly, and we we set up. And what what I was meaning before when I was saying it's like a building, you know, we set up mad foundations, like we laid that slab down and it was rock tight, and then we put those walls up so we we created like a nurture series that is automated but really helps support somebody that comes through to then be able to be unique like feel like they're a unique human in this facebook group or in this post nurture like you can email us at any time and you're going to get a response by a health professional so everybody on our team it being customer service social media they're like the top of the top health professionals sometimes they don't have the biggest audiences but they are some of the smartest cats so that's I think that and that really you know like when you when you send us a text message or a, a DM you might get a voice reply back, and that's you know that they're making the differences I think. That's super unique and and I think that that I know that that follows through right to then really show the end user like how much you do care and I think that that is been a. You know, I would attest a big part of your success, but also, yeah, it's a it's a unique point that, you know, I think 
creates this experience that's very unique these days, which is sad because we, it should be more. Yeah, you know, it should be across the board and it, it yeah. should be, you know, people should be embracing it so much more. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's, it's, it's very noble, but it, it, it's also a, a great way to, to increase that customer experience and to not only increase the customer experience, but also, um, yeah, like make me trust the brand and then, and then want to be the, the advocate, right? It, it's just like another reason to now promote the brand without asking me to promote the brand because I'm just like, Hey, this, this is really cool for all of these other reasons that, I would have never thought of, or, you know, that wouldn't make me recommend another brand very easily just because, yeah, I like their leggings and that's that. And <laughs> nah, 100%. The, it's interesting. The world's like, because now we're on e-com, like right, we're able to sell to the whole world. So our market, you know, if we look back 10 years ago when we're pretty much bricks, to, uh, bricks and mortar, we're now like, we're, we've now got this such like this bigger market where we're like, hey, if we lose this person, it's fine. If we lose this person, it's fine. If this person complains, it's okay. Or we're going the other way and we're like, we're, we're uh, like jumping on the bandwagon with, oh, this is the buzzword for this this period of time. This is the buzzword for this period of time. And we'll jump on that. That There's this gap. It's like, hey, just be you, be authentic. Keep business in the in the back of your mind because that's, probably the most important thing otherwise you can't actually go help all these people or or be true to your product like for example legging leggings um you know you don't necessarily need to have the best best set of leggings tech wise but you just got to make sure it fits in where it needs to be so like if it's not the best it's priced at a, as, at a reasonable rate and then you're giving the product for the best the best price does that make sense um now yep. like with us it's like we just want to deliver the best physical fitness program and we're going to price it, you know, accordingly. So we got this like product to market fit. We've hit. We we understand our our target audience, and we we're just true. We're true to ourselves rather than going and trying to be someone we're not, or jumping on a, a bandwagon, or just going hardcore like put the business hat on. It's business. It's just acquisition. Yeah, I I love that, and I mean it 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 it's a hard one to do though right because it's it is it's it's it, you want to always obviously jump on the trends and jump on the bandwagon and and it's they're easy to to try to jump on right especially when you know that they're going to benefit you and 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 hopefully uh yeah benefit the end end user as well but sometimes they don't end up panning out that way so yeah I, I feel like it's a it's a it's a difficult one to maybe push off or or ignore i guess it your, is you know. it's super hard like i've got another example so another part of our business is we've actually got a, a physical gym and we started this this run club um the the coach that runs that run club is second to none like he he wins last man standing he's he's an amazing dude really really caring dude as well amazing at programming and um i actually wanted to to sack off the the run club because there was one person coming two people coming for like a year and i go i wanted a triathlon so i was like you know what i'm gonna go to run club and i'm gonna see who's going there and i'm gonna get a feel of of the coach i didn't really know him at the point um that we've got there and i was like i'll just go meet you know not meet him but get to know him on a personal level and for like four weeks it was just me i was the only person rocking up and i was like at least at least i'm paying this guy to, to train me and i've got one-on-one -on -one coaching 
And I was like, man, this dude's amazing. Like, he is a proper good coach. Like, and he's caring. It was raining. He'd run with me instead of sitting underneath like an umbrella. He'd be like, he'd be making sure everything was humming. And I dragged two people along and then I dragged three people along. And before you knew it, we had 10 people. And then I dragged a couple of like key personalities along that had um, not following, but people believed in what they did. And everybody started seeing this value. Now today we've got like 60 people. Seven, we'll probably have 70 people there tomorrow. Uh, and it's at 5.30 in the morning, right? So it's not like the easiest thing to wake up to, especially in, in, in the colder months. But that took a year and a half. Now those, those 70 that we have there tomorrow will probably be 50 of the same people that were there last week. And then everybody that, that is there that has been to another one has never missed a day. Do you, know, do you get what I'm saying? Or they might have yeah. missed one. They've come back. They haven't gone, oh, you know, um, that's not for me anymore after three weeks because I enjoyed the vibe the first day. And after that, it was the vibe wasn't as good or there was a session that was off. It's built off an amazing coach, awesome programming, you know, and then the community aspect with people that genuinely care. And that is what builds, you know, like that's what true community is. It's not just, hey, let's go or, you know, all these buzzwords that get thrown out and high fives and fist pumps. Sure, we got them, but then they're, they're authentic. And that's, I think, a key part of FitAs right now and what we're really realizing. But, man, it sucks for a couple of weeks or, or for even six months when there was two or three people there. But now, looking back at it, like it will be very hard for this thing to fold over. And that's the same as Transform, same with our IP. Uh, it'd be very hard for us not to keep growing and keep scaling. Like we're seeing year-on-year -year growth at the moment. Um, where we didn't really see, we, we were a bit sporadic in the first five years. So like we have an amazing year followed by not a great year, followed by an all right year, followed by a great year, followed by a bad year. Now it's like, we're seeing this, we're seeing the trajectory go up and it might not be, well, when we launched Transform, we saw like a thousand percent increase, but after that, like we're seeing constant and, and not even year on year, we're seeing quarter on quarter growth. So that's not normal in the fitness industry. The fitness industry is a little bit more January's awesome. It's leading into summer picks up. The winter months are sort of lower. We're seeing like quarter on quarter on quarter on quarter. So it's doing good. It's in a good space, and I think it's built. And up then, it, but you've got the, the but you got the gym, and then you've got the online you know, app. Go through home workout routines. Mm. Now, I'm curious. I'm probably going to ask a follow-up question as well, but COVID, it's got to be really bittersweet because oh, gym, you know, yeah. closed, but then online app, you know, here we go, work out oh. from home here, you know, here we help you, right? Yeah. But exactly. how did that, you know, how did that affect each other? But then also my follow-up question to it is, is, have they benefited each other, you know, throughout the years as well, maybe COVID or post COVID, you know, before COVID mm -hmm. or post COVID. And yeah. then, you know, and, and, and yeah, what has that looked like? Or have they, or have you seen them as almost like, you know, separate entities in a way? Uh, I mean, I kind of know this as we work together, but like, I'm, I yeah. think the listener base would be really, you know, curious to, to understand that better. Yeah. So prior, um, prior to COVID, they'll probably, like we probably had like a 
a 60-40 split. So 60% of, um, let, let's call it my business partner and I's company kind of setups, like 60% of revenue came from the online and then 40% came from the gym. And, you know, maybe we'd have a bad month here and then a good month online. And it, it was generally around that. 23rd of March, I remember it vividly, the Prime Minister announced uh, in Australia that everything was going to go on lockdown. No one was going to leave. All gyms shut down. Everything shut down. And at that point, I was trying to understand, like, I was trying to understand how our customers were purchasing throughout the day, like when our peak times were. So I had Shopify notifications on. And I'm sitting there looking at the news and going, this is going to hurt, like shutting down the gym. What's the landlord? Is he going to come to the party? How is it? Uh, we weren't probably in a great space at that time too, or a great time. Um, like we weren't really doing magic numbers. I think we even had like a, a loss on both both parts of the business for the quarter previously because was, there was lead up to it. Like people were skeptical, like, am I going to have money? You know, COVID just didn't yep. hit on the day. There was that, that, there was that gray area. And as <sighs> soon as he announced that, my phone just started pinging, ping, 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 like the, the Shopify. I don't know if you know the, the, the notification. Yep. Cha-ching. Yeah. So it's just going bang, 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 bang. I was like, what's happening here? And I'm looking, I look at the, the revenue and I'm like, is that right? Because this was in like a 10, 15 minute period. I'm like, there's surely, there's a bot on this. Something's happening. Um, sure enough, like I went through and made sure like the all customers and that. And I was like, whoa, the next day I thought I was buying a Ferrari. Like, <laughs> it, was, it was like, boom. So everybody's gyms were shutting down in, in, in Brisbane, and yep. all, all over Australia, and they were in so much hurt. And because we had this online presence, the app wasn't really great at that point. It wasn't really an app. It was more like a subscription kind of thing. You couldn't buy challenges there. Still PDF dominated. Um, but we had the solution. But what we really had was we had fitness equipment. So, and everyone wanted that fitness equipment and we ended up selling and luckily I made a wrong order. So I ordered double the amount of fitness equipment that arrived a week before lockdown. Ooh. And I remember thinking, I remember going with my business partner, I'm like, how did I do that? Like, why did we put in such a big order when it's time to consolidate, when it's time to just chill? All right. And then fitness equipment just went bang and we sold out all of our equipment, which we'd normally do in six months in a week. Um, and then my brother rings me up. He owns a, he's a builder and he goes, Hey man, I'm clearing out my warehouse while I've got some downtime and you've got all this equipment here. And I was like, what, what equipment? He goes, all these boxes with fitness equipment. And I was like, get out of here. So we had another, like another shipment that we hadn't put into our warehouse yet. We, that we're storing at his warehouse. And I was like, wow, we have like literally just been like given given this opportunity um and and but the worst thing is everybody was hurting so we weren't yep. celebrating this you know and and everyone's like ringing me going hey you all right the gym shut down are you all good I'm well yeah yeah no, i'm sweet things are good <laughs> things are good like uh and i remember we were we, we were playing this game on facebook where it was like how do we acquire a customer for four bucks so, you know, we started um, manual bidding and everything became around like the CPP of four bucks. And we're sitting not at four bucks. We're sitting at like 44 bucks now. Um, so we're, we're, we're going like, how do we acquire the customer at the lowest point? We even went and turned ads off because we we're finding that sales were still coming through and we knew that we couldn't get equipment for a period of time. Uh, right. 
So we're just like, hey, they'll trickle through and let's maximize our, our, the other thing is everybody on Facebook just completely shut down for two weeks. So I don't know if you remember that period where like yep. everyone just retracted everything and we went harder. Um, then the gym opened back up after three months and we spent money when everybody else was, was not spending money on the gym and made like this new offering and the gym opened up and everyone just came running through the doors. But it was a, it was a fake high for both, for both businesses. So it was a fake high for the, like you didn't have many people that stuck that you didn't have any uh, like ambass like brand ambassadors that organically came through and like, hey, I love this program. I was sort of jumping on the bandwagon. What do I do? And you know they weren't really exercising for more than two weeks, three weeks. So it wasn't like this this world that was mm. like, yeah, you know, we're gonna grow and we're gonna scale from this. It gave us opportunity definitely, um, and it probably lasted about a year. But then a year later, I was like, hey, there's lull, and for three months we're like, ooh. We're now feeling the effects of COVID, both in the gym and online, and they'll, and we'll feel them at the same time. Um, and that's when we went into that soul searching period, and we're like, "Hey, what is it that we really want? Uh, and what is it that we really want to do?" And and today we're here from it. That's uh, yeah, that's it's awesome that you have the extra products and and yeah, super super awesome story. But then. On the Dang. other hand, it's it's good that you used it to reinvest. I feel like a lot of people made that mistake too, right? Where yeah. I think that that's a really important thing to pay close attention to, um, especially where you're saying like analyzing: is this our ideal customer or not? <laughs> is this is this right? Is this is this the brand advocate or is this just someone who you know is gonna try everything while they're at home bored? And it's very mm -hmm. different type of customer than your true you know your true brand ambassadors that you've you know worked so hard to build so yeah it's a it, it's an interesting it's, it's like an interesting problem right to have because pros and cons i suppose to both sides of it and I, I guess a lot of learnings came out of that period too where like if and i would never want to go back into that world like that covid world but if that was to happen now in this part of our our business like in this time of our business like i think we would 10x that and and 10x it in a way where we would sustain that and see another 10x growth from what we've got in place now um whereas at that point like i was saying before is we'll just acquisition orientated you know that's what we'll that's what our focus was how do we acquire a customer for the cheapest possible rate um now it's like how do we look after that and i think we would have seen more and more success from that and what do you what and what do you think that is like do you think that that's trying to nurture the customer better being less focused on you know the lowest cpa possible what, what do you feel like would be some of those tips um like you can never i don't think you can you know how people are like oh yeah don't worry about don't, don't worry about the business side of things. So don't worry about the, the acquisition and, and, and like you can never take your foot off that. But for us, it was like, how do we try and think forward and build a team that can also take care of the second, the, the, the back end of that? So it's like, keep this team that's succeeding in the acquisition, not turn that off like I did a couple of years ago. Um, keep that, that's, that's humming, that's doing well. And how do we just keep improving that on the other side? And I think that was our biggest, our biggest takeaway, our biggest learning in, in hindsight, 
because yeah. you know when you're when you're constantly driven around just acquisition you're not you know you're it's it's a dollar in and you want two dollars out or a dollar in and you want three dollars out so you don't want to go and spend the ten dollars to potentially make you know fifteen dollars or sixteen dollars so and I know it seems like, hey, that's an that's an easy equation, but sometimes it doesn't it doesn't seem that simple. That you know, when you're in the spot, when you're in the situation. Yep. Yeah, my yeah. one of my favorite phrases, tripping. Oh, I think it's tripping over dollars to pick up pennies or something like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, I like that. And then, yeah, any, any advice you'd give, you know, other founders out there that are, are trying to break through some of those, you know, revenue marks or trying to break through some of those ceilings? Um, in the community space, I guess for me, it's like things aren't going to happen overnight. So you've got to really like create a plan and understand that that plan you know, you might go, hey, this plan's going to come to fruition in three months and then we're going to see instant success. Like, be prepared. That plan might come into fruition a little bit later than the three-month mark and it's probably not going to, and you're probably not going to see the success for about six months. Um, you know, having that patience, I guess at the beginning, even in hindsight, like, you need to hustle. Like, I needed to hustle at the beginning. Needed to sort of get money in the door so I was less nervous. Um, we bootstrapped everything from the start, but like coming in and saying, Hey, I'm going to spend 10 grand a day on ads when, when you're not producing that money or you don't have that in, in the kitty that you can like be able to take a risk on and not get, not get a return on investment. You've, you've got to really grow through those, through those blocks. But once you, once you do get to that place where you're, you're conscious of scale, it's like, okay, I'm going to scale, but I'm going to scale with something that's sustainable maintainable and will will add another layer to my to my foundation not a quick fix you know like i'm not patching up a wall um i want to build build that next phase so if you've built you know if you've if you've laid your slab down how sturdy are you going to make your walls yeah yeah and the foundation right because i think that that's what you've you've always pushed for you know you were you were focused a lot on hey customer acquisition cost and trying to drive that but on the same time long-term strategy which is really important right and and i think that sometimes you know it is important to build that aspect where you don't know what the what the benefits will be until it's like building a community it's not you're not going to feel the results of having a big community until it grows right until it reaches some certain level but you have to put the attention and the detail and the time into it even when it is really really Mm -hmm. small and 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 then sometimes you don't even expect you don't know what those results will be i mean we had um look fabulous forever on the podcast which is a, a makeup brand for older women and they had built this big facebook community in this facebook group and uh, of course unbeknownst to them before covid but that was the most underserved market in covid right and so for them to actually just have other people to even just talk to yeah <laughs> right yeah. It, like was huge and yeah. it just exploded their community even more because of that which like you know obviously they weren't expecting that and then you know and they they grew it knowing okay older women you know they they 
They weren't trained on how to do makeup. They didn't have the YouTube tutorials that all young generations have on YouTube and everything, right? And so it was their opportunity to teach women um, through that. And I feel like you've done a really good job of that too, where it's like you're, you know, you're, you're, you're encouraging people to live their best life. You're encouraging people to live a happier and healthier life, but then uh, celebrating like in the right way too, which I think is a, is a difficult thing to do. And, you know, and I feel like you've done it in a way where you're not trying to just go onto the, a lot of brands are just feeding into the trends, right? Like we know that, right? We know the big brands are just going to hold off until they see everybody doing it. And then, okay, yeah, all right, we'll dip our toe into that and we'll start, okay, we'll show all the body types or whatever it is, right? No, you know, and I'm not, I don't, I'm not saying that, you know, that's good or bad. I'm just saying, um, but you've done that in a way where, yeah, I feel like you've, you know, you've, you've been able to leverage it, but then it's authentic, Right. Mm. And people, people know that, right. We know like we can tell, like, I think that's the, you know, one of the big takeaways too, is like yeah. people can tell when brands are being authentic or not. And, and we can see through that. And so, uh, yeah, I feel like that's a, a, a great, you've done a really good job of that. And I think that that's something that, that, uh, is not easy to do, but brands should be trying to do that or aspiring to, to, to do that. I appreciate that, man. Yeah. It, it, it definitely was hard. Um, well, not hard, but it, it, it did have its challenges and a lot of doubt comes in your head. It's like, oh, I'm investing in this. Is it going to come to fruition? Is it, you know, I'm investing in this. Is, is it going to be a payoff? But I guess the, the easy thing is it's always a payoff, like, because you see and you feel the effect that it has on, on individuals. So you, you sort of leverage that, like you're, you're getting, you know, maybe the sales aren't coming through and the cha-ching isn't happening every two minutes, but you're feeling the comments come in. And generally speaking, you know, the more of them coming in, the more cha-chings are going to come up too. Yep. Love it. Matter Love of it. Yeah, you got it. Last question. Any book recommendations? Anything you've been uh, reading lately or anything in, in general that you'd recommend? Yeah, like, um, man, book, book, like I went, I've gone through Good question, actually. I've gone through like these personal development books and, and professional development books and I always get to like, say 75% done. I'm like, I'm reading this because I have to read it. Like, I'm I'm really not, I'm not enjoying it. Like in my head, I'm like, hey, this is the thing to do. You want to be an amazing CEO. You want to be this great director, this founder. You want to you be able to sell your business and exit like to its full potential. But I don't really enjoy it. Um, but one book I did enjoy and I constantly think about in multiple ways is, is Shoe Dog by Phil Knight, the founder of Nike. Um, and I think I, the reason why I took so much out of that was because he's like lived, obviously he's created one of the best brands in the world and he goes into the insights of, of how he does that and you, fe- you can feel the authenticity around it rather than like, do this, do this, do this. My brain doesn't work with do this, do this, do this. I, I sort of need to... Yep go on that journey and 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 feel it so shoe dog for me was a, a different it's it, it definitely is like i think personal and professional development but it's it's done in a way where you're seeing somebody else's experience and, and you're living through that rather than them telling you that he's just he's just sharing that experience with you that sounds cool yeah i i like that. I, I gotta check it out i it sounds to me if i get the same feeling of the lululemon book where like oh. and i listened to that on audible where then it was yeah. yeah, where then he's, it's him reading it too. And, and uh, 
Yeah. I've, I've listened to that twice, actually. Um, amazing book. Amazing book. Chip, uh, yeah, what's name? That, Chip that was Mark. a fun one. I couldn't believe the Tiffany thing, right? Because I think that was it, right? They were like second to Tiffany's for yeah. like the highest, I think, uh, amounts, uh, amount sold like per square foot or something, yeah. per square meter or something like that. And, yeah, and I, I walked into stores and never, I, I never, that never, that thought never left my mind ever again. I'm like analyzing every square foot of the store. <laughs> No, I hear you, man. And that's so I think that that played a big part in our in our development too. Um, it's Chip Wilson, pretty sure the founder, yeah. It is Chip Wilson. I think so, yeah. Yeah. So like he's massive on community. So he talks about how he used to like drive around and, and sell in the back of his car and, and you know, like do the groundwork. Like you do the groundwork. At Run Club for an example is like I run with everybody for like two, three minutes and and, and talk to them, get to know them find out something interesting about them and that's not like that's essentially not scalable like on a on a quick on a quick scalable level but it does have its effect because that one person you can inspire inspires another 10 and and so on and so on so you know he would sit there and educate and now when you walk into a little lemon store like you get educated on the product you don't get sold the product um same thing, you know, like that's when we talk about community, for me, Lululemon's the pinnacle. They've been, they've been our learnings. I've, I've, I've gone on a Lululemon uh, retreat four years ago and I've grabbed my phone and I thought the retreat was like a code word for, okay, come and promote the brand. Um, <laughs> there was, no one had their phones out. It was just professional development and how he talks about, you know, we're, we're a personal development company. So they, you know, their focus is on developing the, the, the customer and everybody that works for the brand. Um, that's, that's something that we've, we've brought in. I'm glad that you brought that up because that's probably the easiest way to say, Hey, if, if, if a brand's inspired us, or if we've looked up to some people that have inspired us to do what we're doing today, it's definitely been the, the Lululemon world. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, it's definitely a good one. That's it, a good book too. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, Giorgio, a bunch of really great tips. Uh, awesome brand. I definitely encourage anybody out there to to check you out. So it's it's f i t a z f k dot com. Giorgio, again, thanks for joining the podcast. Appreciate it, Smell. Enjoy, man. And um, yeah, anytime you want to chat. Thank you so much for listening to Scaling with Samir. Please subscribe and leave us a review. Your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. We also have snippets of these episodes on YouTube. Scaling with Samir is sponsored by Fetch and Funnel. We've partnered with hundreds of businesses and generated over 500 million for clients using our trademarked Fetch and Funnel method. If you're trying to scale your business, get in touch with us today at fetchfunnel.com. You can also get content that you can learn and apply directly into your business to improve results and scale on our email newsletter. If you are a successful business that is crushing it and would like to be on this program, please visit fetchfunnel.com slash podcast guest. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.